Hi, and welcome to the Carnivore Stories podcast with me, Alyssa Grubner. The carnivore way of eating completely changed my life, and it's stories just like the ones you'll hear on this podcast that encourage me to keep going every step of the way. I hope you're ready to hear an inspirational carnivore story. I know I am, so let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to episode five of the Carnivore Stories podcast. I am your host, Alyssa Grubner, and today I have with me Emily Pinton from Missouri. Hi. Emily. Hey. <laughs> Emily is a 43-year young a transformational coach with a master's in clinical counseling. She helps people break sugar and processed food addictions. You can find her on Instagram at carnivore, C-A-R-N-I-V-O-R-E, Minds, M-I-N-D-S. She's also on YouTube at Center of Brilliance and on Facebook at Emily Hinton. Welcome, Emily. Hi, so nice to meet you. Yes. Yes. Likewise. It is so nice to meet you. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. This is the absolute highlight of my day. I love when I get to do these. I love interviews too. I mean, just even if we don't hit record, just connecting with another human is just like, ah, that's what life is all about. Yes. Yes. You are right about that. Absolutely. So Emily, I want to start with some, you giving some background about your life, your lifestyle before coming to carnivore. Hmm. Uh, my lifestyle before carnivore was, um, a big old mess. Um, and, um, not a beautiful mess. Um, it was a very sad mess. Um, and I was, um, diagnosed with bipolar disorder, um, probably about, I guess it's been 10, 11, 12 years ago now. Um, but once I was diagnosed, I was able to look back and put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And I've really been suffering pretty much my whole life, especially ever since puberty. Um, that's when I really saw the signs of it. Um, And unfortunately I was put on uh, birth control to regulate my periods at 12. So that, um, you know, continued this horrible, uh, um, disruption in my body. Um, and it exacerbated to the point that in 2018, I had rapid cycling bipolar disorder which means, um, like for a typical bipolar, it'll go through different cycles and different phases where you'll kind of almost get a break where, you know, you'll gradually get this mania and then you'll have the mania and then you'll gradually get the depression and it'll just stay about there. My, um, bipolar went into, I didn't know who I was going to be every day from one day to the next, I would schedule my clients for Tuesday. I would wake up and I couldn't get out of bed on that Tuesday. I'd have to reschedule all of my clients. It got to the point where it was unethical for me because I couldn't have, um, continuity of care. And, 
um, I had to quit working for six months. Um, and then, um, I had my brother, he sent me the, um, the book, um, from Amber O'Hearn, um, just the first chapter. And I listened to that and I realized that if someone else can have bipolar disorder and this, her story was 10 plus years ago and resolve her bipolar disorder, it's worth a shot. Um, and so I went February 24th of 2019 to eating the standard American diet, which wasn't even kind of healthy. I was eating batches of, um, chocolate chip cookie dough batches of cookies, um, entire ice tubs of ice cream by myself, entire pizzas by myself, ramen noodles, chips, soda, you name it. I was, that's what I ate to overnight on February 24th, 2019, eating 50% animal meat and 50% animal fat. And wow. Overnight, overnight. Um, why I did that I really attribute that to the gifts that you get whenever you're bipolar, um, because it's not all bad. It's, there's some really good traits of being bipolar and that extremist in me was just jumped in. Um, and I'm so grateful for that, that I was able to just jump in full force and I was able to transition what I didn't know was that there was another underlying thing lurking in my body that was causing a lot of the disruption as well. And, um, March 12th, I was hospitalized. Um, and so a logical person would say, I started this all meat diet and now I'm in the hospital. And the reason I was hospitalized was for acute dysphagia, which means that my throat stopped swallowing. Um, my, my brain literally told my throat not to swallow. Um, wow. and I couldn't even swallow water. So they did an MRI. They found lesions on my left temporal lobe lobe, and they diagnosed me with multiple sclerosis. Mm. Soon after that, I couldn't walk without an assistive device. Um, I had delayed and slurred speech and I had more significant brain fog than I had ever had with bipolar disorder. So, um, I was either going to the psych ward with the, um, with the bipolar or the nursing home with the MS and something inside of me told me to keep eating 50% animal meat and 50% animal fat. And I did. And I had my last bipolar, my last bipolar episode on April of 2019. And I had my last MS episode or symptom May 9th of 2019. And it is all resolved. And for three years, I have been superhuman. Oh, that is so, that's so wonderful. That's so wonderful. Wow. I, I love it. <laughs> it's crazy. I love it. Yeah. So, so how long were you eating carnivore, the 50% protein, 50% fat before you were able to resolve before, uh, 2019, May, 2019. So I started February 24th of 2019 and then, um, uh, April, my bipolar episodes. Okay. Resolved. Okay. So, 
And then I started in February and then May 9th, the MS resolved. Wow. So that was very quick. That was, I mean, Crazy were quick. you jumping up and down and <laughs> honestly, I, I, I wasn't, it took a long time because okay. with bipolar disorder, you are conditioned to always wait for the other shoe to drop. Okay. You, you can never trust yourself. Mm-hmm. You can never trust your emotions. You can never trust your brain. You can never trust your thoughts. Mm. Um, you're just always waiting for something else to happen in the same way with MS, because even through those, uh, months that I had those significant symptoms, I would have a day or a half a day where I could walk and I, but, but the nature of MS is that it is, um, progressing and regressing. Like it goes back and forth. Mm. Um, and, um, so I, I was ready for the MS to come back at any moment. I wouldn't say that I really exhaled until I got my last MRI, um, okay. probably like six months ago. And it said there was no MS activity in my MRI. Hallelujah! And I, was, I was just like, okay, it's not coming back. It's not coming back. And if it does, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to just okay. do what I have to do to fight it. Um, because I, I know that that is not my destiny. It is not my destiny to have bipolar disorder. It's not my destiny to have. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. That's, that's a beautiful thing. I know when I started healing and I realized I was healing, I was, I was over the moon, I guess for me, cause it was the big thing was the blood pressure. And so when I get started getting those normal blood pressure readings, I was over the moon. And I feel like I drove my husband crazy. Cause I was just like, Dylan, I'm back from the dead. Like for real, have you ever heard about Lazarus and the Bible? And when he, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And that story took, a, took on a whole new meaning for me going through this. Cause I mean, it was, it was really dark times and why did I have to go through this and, you know, coming out on the other side and, you know, it's re- really something, really something. One thing, one thing that I see now, and it's, it's so difficult because I wish I could have seen it in the middle of the muck, you know, mm. like in the worst of the worst, I wish I could have seen this, but I, I couldn't see it until now. And I do, I see it so clearly now that it was necessary. Everything that has happened to me, all the bad Mm -hmm. was necessary to make me the human that I am today and to bring me to the place that I am now, because now I'm helping other people. If I hadn't gone through that, if I didn't know what bipolar felt like, I couldn't relate to the people in the trenches. And because I know I'm not just sitting here going, I have my master's degree in clinical Mm -hmm. counseling. How does that make you feel? No, (laughs) I know I've been there. It's, it's horrible. It's absolute torture. And so I had to go through that to be able to get to the place now where I can help others. And so now I see that it's necessary. Yes. And I believe it's necessary for you. You wouldn't be having this, this, you know, this YouTube channel, you wouldn't be having these interviews. You wouldn't be helping other people. Yes. Hadn't gone through that horrible moment. 
Yes. Yes. You are so right. You are so right. And while those times, I mean, they were, they were the worst, worst times of my life. I am thankful for them now because none of this, I mean, my life has completely, I am a, a totally different person. I'm doing things I never thought I'd be able to do, never be interested in doing. And yeah, absolutely. You are right about that. Um, okay. So you said you went from standard American crap food diet day in and day out overnight. Yeah. What was your adaptation like? Um, well, fortunately or unfortunately, um, I was already suffering from the symptoms of multiple sclerosis. I just didn't know it. Okay. Um, and so I had muscle and body aches all over. I was taking, um, 800 milligrams of, um, ibuprofen every day, just to be able to walk from the bedroom to the bathroom, to the kitchen, um, to go to the grocery store, to drive my kid to school, you know, to do just Mm -hmm. basic laundry and dishes and cooking. Um, I, I was a miserable person and I chalked it up to, I'm just getting old because I was Mm. 40 and I was just like, I'm just 40. This is what 40 looks like. This is what 40 feels like. Um, and of course I already had, um, um, I was already very lethargic from the bipolar disorder. I could sleep for 13 hours a day, um, and then sleep eight hours that night. Like I could sleep all the time. And so for me, it was just a new pile of horrible. Um, and it, it wasn't, it was a horrible transition. It was very difficult, but it wasn't difficult compared to my life. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense. No, um, it makes sense to me. Yes. Um, yes. And I knew, I knew what I was doing, thankfully, because I had my brother, um, had gone through it before me. And so I was able to kind of, you know, message him and say, you know, what's up with my poop? Why is it mushy? Why okay. is, you know, what's going on? And, and so, and, and then I had him telling me, I don't know why I even asked him, why did you tell me 50% animal meat and 50% animal fat? And he goes, I don't know. I was just trying to give you an answer to shut you up. And so okay. I was like, okay, well, and it was the right answer. It was, it was the right <laughs> answer. And I, I been eating that way for, um, you know, uh, three years now, over three years now. Yeah. Okay. So coming from those highly palatable foods and you work with people with food addiction or processed food addiction and sugar. Now, were you struggling with that? Was there a part of you that was still really craving those highly processed foods and sugar? Um, yeah, I, I really believe that was a gift as well. Um, and I feel like it was directly, um, from the Lord that I was given that gift that, I was able to see that those foods were poison. And Mm -hmm. so during the adaptation phase, which I would say about three weeks was when I was really craving the sugar and the carbs and everything. Um, there was this bipolar mind in me that was just like digging my heels in. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care Mm -hmm. that I want that pie or ice cream or whatever. 
um, I just, I just did it. Um, there was a lot of just determination in me that I wasn't going back to the crazy. And then once I felt hope and that wasn't until the end of the fourth week, but once I felt hope, it was just this little glimpse of hope for like 10 minutes, but I didn't remember ever feeling joy and hope before. And so it was such a foreign feeling to me. And once I realized that my brain was capable of feeling joy, I was hooked. I didn't matter. Nothing else mattered to me than chasing that high of Mm. that joy and that hope and that vision for my future. Um, So yeah, it, it sucked. Yeah, it was tough, but it didn't last for long. Um, And then I was, I was just totally fine. And now I have, I never have cravings. Um, if I do, it's, it's like, I want to do an experiment to try and introduce egg yolks, you know, okay. um, or raw dairy or something like that. Like I don't ever want an Oreo or chips or, you know, anything like that. Okay. So you don't do eggs then no eggs, no dairy because of the MS. Um, I, for some reason I react to everything. Okay. Um, I've tried to reintroduce, um, so many things and it spikes my blood glucose, which Mm. is the sign that it's, you know, inflammatory for my body. Um, and I, I've tried to reintroduce raw dairy. I've tried to, to reintroduce egg yolks. Um, I've tried to reintroduce everything and, um, I just, Mm -hmm. I react, I react to everything. So I just stick to beef and beef fat and, um, and water. Yes. That's all you need. It works. You need it works. Yeah. So what does your typical day of eating look like? Um, so I usually, I like to eat first thing in the morning, um, because I just, I like to get it over with, um, so that Mm -hmm. I can just get on with my day. Um, and I don't have to like adapt my schedule to my eating. Um, I can just have my mornings planned every single day. And so, um, I eat and it's a pile of ground beef, a pile of steak, and then a pile of, um, beef fat. Um, and the, the ratios vary, um, uh, according to what I'm, you know, what I'm going through, what I'm feeling, if I'm wanting more, if I'm wanting less, um, but that's what I eat every day. And I eat one time a day. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. So you mentioned that your brother was carnivore first. Okay. So your family was already used to him being a weirdo eating just meat, right? Yeah. (laughs) So So when you hopped on board, it wasn't, it wasn't too much of a shock. No. And we really behind closed doors would talk about him. Um, okay. you know, like he is crazy. Cause he would send us pictures of, he would eat raw ground beef okay. and we were just like, Oh my goodness. Like what is wrong with him? He's gone off the deep end. Um, and then when he sent me this, this thing, I, I started doing it and, um, my family was really scared, um, mm. with how, bad I had gotten mentally. And then with the MS physically that nobody batted an eye 
everyone was just like, do what you got to do, do anything you have to do to get this under control. And then of course, whenever my bipolar symptoms resolved in April, they were like, keep going. And then when my mm-hmm. MS symptoms resolved, they were like, this is a miracle. And so yes. I haven't had any, um, any complications with my family at all. Um, if, if anything, okay. my, my son, um, like now he, he was, we were at the movie theater and he got these dove chocolate, um, little, just they're like individually wrapped, like dove chocolate pieces. And I was just like, and this was probably a year or year and a half ago. And I said, let me try a bite. And he goes, uh-huh. no, you won't be able to walk. <laughs> you, you won't be able to walk. And I was like, oh, baby, baby. Okay. All right. You know, don't, don't worry about it. I did try a bite of it and it was like waxy and I could taste the chemicals okay. in it and it was disgusting. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I only took one bite and I gave it back to him. I'm like, you can eat the rest. Okay. He was like, good. Cause I want you to be able to walk. Oh, so, how old is he? He is 14 now. Okay. Okay. All right. So he's a big boy. Yeah. But he was 11 whenever, you know, I couldn't walk and it was probably really scary for him. And, and he was of course used to his whole life, me being bipolar and being in bed all day and, um, irritable and, Mm -hmm. um, was always snapping at him and just cranky and very short tempered. I, I was always so irritable. Um, yes. and so now he's just like, okay, like, this is nice. This is nice. Having a chill mom, a loving mom, a calm mom. Yeah. Um, he'll even come to me sometimes with something and he'll be like, I have to talk to you. And I'm like, okay. And then he tells me whatever it is. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, we can deal with that. And he's like, really, <laughs> really? Like, you're not upset. And I'm like, no, I'm not upset. Like, it's okay. You know, everything's fine. And he's like, Okay. This is cool. <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful thing. So is he pretty meat-based too? Um, pretty heavy meat? No, and I don't I don't really like to talk about it very much because okay. you know, I mean he's such a he's he's a baby and he's on his own yeah. journey, but he is definitely improved. Um and okay. I would say he's more he's more like uh keto. Um, okay. so he's, he's yeah. definitely improved and we don't have things in the house at all that yeah. like, like, we don't have, you know, chips and soda and, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have anything in the house. So, yeah. and uh, fortunately or unfortunately for him, he can't drive. <laughs> so, yeah. and he doesn't go buy his own groceries. So, um, he right. pretty much, he pretty, he, he's pretty healthy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's similar to my kids because I'm the mama. I do the cooking. I do the shopping. So I'm not going to – I try really hard not to make them feel guilty if they are having something that I wouldn't eat. And I tell them it's okay to enjoy these things you because know, I want them to have a, a good relationship with food and just know that some foods are health-promoting and some foods you probably shouldn't have so much of because they're going to make you feel like crap. Um my daughter, she, she knows all about it. And she's like, mama's healthy now because she only eats meat. And, um, my, and she's eight, my son's four. And he really has 
a junk food tooth. If he's somewhere that he can get junk food, he makes me look so bad because he'll tell them, I'm really hungry. I need food. And he wants the Cheetos. He wants the juice boxes because I just don't have those. Um, In those situations, I'm fine. Like if he's at someone's house, I'm like, you've got my kid. He can eat your food. I'm not going to not going to beat you up about it. Um, but he'll, he'll come to me and he'll be like, mommy, candy is really nasty. And I'm like, baby, it's okay. I know it tastes good. I know you like it and that's fine, but you don't need to eat it all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's really important to have an open, you know, relationship or conversation about food, because if we get too neurotic about it, um, you really can develop kind of a, a neuroses, you know, around yes. that area. And it's, it's not healthy. Um, no, it's, not it's way more healthy to have the child do their own experiment and have them, you know, go with Nana and Papa and eat junk. And then right. they come back and go, wow, you know, or, you know, like he'll say, I don't feel good. And I'm like, Hmm, what did yeah. you eat? And he's like, Oh, I had this and Oh, I had that. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. maybe that's, what's making you feel sick. And so giving him the opportunity to be his own scientist, to observe, um, you know, the, the complications or the, the automatic reactions from eating those foods. Yeah. Cause they'll, they'll figure it out. I, I do have trust in that, that they'll, they'll figure it out. And then when they're adult adults and they're off on their own one day, I know that if they ever find themselves in ill health, they'll always be able to think back and say, well, Hey mama, she had got really sick that one time and she just ate meat and everything was cool after that. So, you know, that'll always be a tool that they have and they know they grew up familiar with. And Alyssa, they are watching us. Oh, they are watching our every move. And so I hold on to that more than anything that my example is louder than any words I could say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, okay. So you said you eat a pile of ground beef, a pile of steak and a pile of beef fat. Do you, do you ever incorporate any organs? I don't. Um, okay. I've asked, I've asked my farmer cause, uh, about a year in, I had eight out of the grocery store for the whole first year. And then about a year in, um, because of my autoimmune disease, um, I started reacting to the grocery store meat. Um, there's some kind of a chemical that they put on it to preserve it, Mm -hmm. um, in the, in the grocery stores. And, um, my body just hit its tolerance and could not handle it. Um, it was, it was terrifying. Um, and thankfully I was already surrounded by some really awesome carnivores and I just went to them and, you know, was bawling my eyes out. And I was like, Oh, I can't eat meat now. Like what's wrong. And, um, this, uh, one of my really close friends, uh, explained to me that I needed to eat from the farm. And mm. I was just like, I, I don't even know a farmer. Are you kidding? I don't even under, I don't know what to do. And she walked me through, um, just 
what it's like to introduce yourself to a farmer and to have um, a relationship with a farmer and be able to uh, get my food from directly from a local farm. And now that's, that's what I do. And it's totally changed everything. Um, awesome. so yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. So outside of what you usually eat, is there ever a time that you have like a carnivore splurge, like say you do a big rib roast or is there, is there something you, you, you really like that's like for special occasions? Yeah. Um, I actually, um, I eat everything raw. Um, oh, you do. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, you, you didn't say that. <laughs> I know. I know because I don't, I just, I don't want people to start where I'm at, you know, I don't want people to hear, Oh, well, that's what Emily did. So that's how you resolve bipolar disorder. And that's how you resolve MS. No, I ate cooked the whole first year. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And, but what happened was, um, I realized once I was eating from the farm, um, because I don't recommend eating raw out of the grocery store, but once I was eating Mm. farm, I knew that this was the best of the best cleanest meat. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I had my boots on the ground. I saw the cows. I saw the, the farmers. I, I, I know the, the Mm -hmm. practices that they had. Right. And, um, I need a lot of fat. So I have to order my fat separately. Um, where, um, we actually go to the butcher and we say to the butcher, um, we need the beef fat trimmings and I buy it by the bag, like five pound okay. bags of beef fat trimmings because I can't get a steak with enough fat on it. Okay. I have to buy it separately to be able to supplement it so that I can have enough fat. Um, and so I don't really, um, digest cooked fat very well. Mm-hmm. So I started eating it raw. Um, and specifically raw and frozen. So what I do is I cut it into little cubes and then I put it on parchment paper and I layer it and I put it in a container in the freezer. And then I just plop it out onto my, my plate and I eat it with chopsticks, raw, frozen and salted. Um, and that's how my body digests it the best. And so naturally there were some pieces of meat on the fat. And I was just like, at first I cut them off and then I got a little lazy and I was just like, Oh, I'll just eat it. And then Mm -hmm. I realized how much lazier can I be? Maybe I don't have to cook my meat. So now I cut up the meat into little cubes and I put it on parchment paper put it in a container. So I have a separate container for meat and a separate container for fat. And okay. I just put it on my plate and I eat it raw, salted and frozen with chopsticks. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. And now that is fast, simple, easy. I mean, it doesn't get, you can't get a, go through a drive-through in that time. <laughs> yeah, it is. Or so microwave easy. a TV dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So 
your profile picture, it looks like a before and an after. That there's a little bit more of you before and yes. not so much of you now. <laughs> yes. I was, oh, go ahead. No, so I was going to say, did you release fat? Did you lose weight on car- carnivore? Yes. Um, and I don't really like that part of my story very much because my results are not typical at all. Okay. Um, and right. I, I don't really know why I dropped the weight mm-hmm. so fast. Um, the only thing that I can think of is the fat, the, the amount of fat that I was eating was so much because like, I don't even have like, like the, like loose skin or anything. Yeah. It's crazy because I lost about a, between a hundred and 120 pounds in like wow. 10, 10 months. Oh, wow. Um, so I was at like, we really don't know how much I was at my highest, but about mm-hmm. 250 to like 230 240. Um, and okay. then I, my lowest that I got down to was like 127. Now I hang out at about 135. Okay, cool. Yeah. So a lot of people, they do come to carnivore, you know, they come looking for a different way to eat because they are looking for weight loss, but, and, and like you said, it's not typical there. There are a lot of people that they're coming to carnivore for weight loss and they're just not losing the weight. Um, but you know, they find that there are things so much sweeter than seeing that number on the scale go down, which I'm sure, you know, if you had stayed 250 pounds and you still resolve the bipolar and the MS, you would be totally cool. You'd be like, yeah, whatever. I don't care if I weigh this much. Um, but that is, that is really interesting. And, you know, even though you may not be, most people may not be like you, I'm sure there are other people like you out there, you know, that, that would have a similar experience. So that that is. And I really, I really think I, I, I know this sounds weird, but I see number one, the bipolar as my secret weapon, because I was able to jump in. And I also Mm -hmm. see my MS as my secret weapon because it kept me in my lane. Like I couldn't, you know, go crazy on, um, yogurt and cottage cheese Mm -hmm. and cream and any cheese and eggs and all of these things. I couldn't enjoy those things because I would have reactions like my skin would literally like at one point I would, I was getting scales, um, around my eyebrows from the dairy. Um, and then whenever I tried the eggs, I was like, itch. oh my gosh, okay. so much itching. And, um, so I'm really thankful for the autoimmune disease because it, it really kept me on the straight and narrow. And it was, and, and I was even reacting to chicken and pork, mm. um, and bacon. Um, so I couldn't even do all those things that are carnivore safe, mm-hmm. you know, um, beef and beef fat was my jam and that's what healed me and is continuing to heal me. Yes. Wow. Um, so what about, okay. So we talked about family. What about family gatherings or with friends when you're at social events? Do you feel like that's a challenge? 
Um, again, um, the bipolar disorder is my secret weapon. Okay. Um, because I don't care what other people think. Right. Um, I, I never have. Um, and I believe that's part of my mental illness, um, is that I just, um, I don't even hear them. I don't even okay. hear them. I don't even see the looks that they give me at work or, um, you know, or, that or is that. a superpower. That yeah. is a superpower. <laughs> It's such a blessing, you know, it's such a blessing because I talk to my clients and I know the, the very real, um, feelings attached to that, that they want to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. I've never been like everybody else. And so it's not a new deal for me. I've always been the outcast. I've always been the odd one out. Um, so it's not a big deal, but I will say that whenever people do accept me, it like my heart bursts. Um, I have a cousin who she invited me over for Thanksgiving and I said, okay, I'll just eat before I come, you know, and I won't eat. And she was like, no, you will not. She said, you will bring your meat and you will sit at the table oh. with us. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay, well it's raw and frozen. And she goes, I have a freezer, just bring it. And I was like, okay. So I brought it and I, st I stood there in the kitchen with her while she cooked for an hour, Yeah, all this different stuff for her and her family. And then whenever it was time to eat, I got it out of the freezer. I plopped it onto the plate and no one said anything to me. We just sat there. I ate with my chopsticks and we uh -huh. sat there and had the best Thanksgiving. And it was so beautiful and nobody made me feel weird. And I was just, my heart was full. Oh, that sounds like the best Thanksgiving. That yes. is, yeah. Okay. So the food support groups, is that what it is? A food support group? Yes. Saturday yes. Food support groups. What goes on? What goes on in those? Well, it's on my YouTube channel, so you can watch it. Um, the replays, um, I record them. So I, I inform everybody before the meeting that, you know, this is, this is going to be recorded. So if you want to stay anonymous, turn your camera off and change mm -hmm. your screen name. Um, and half of them just don't care. They just want to talk. They want to share their story. They want to share their questions. Um, and it's literally like a support group. Um, we have okay. some people who share their testimony and share how this has changed their life and how they do this. And then mm -hmm. we have other people who are struggling, who ask questions about okay. how do I get through this? How do I troubleshoot this? How do I troubleshoot that? Um, and then we just record it and we put it up on YouTube um, every Saturday. And these are people trying to transition to carnivore. Yes. Um, some okay. of them, some of them have been carnivore for a while. Some of them are keto. Um, some of them uh, are still eating the standard American diet. They're just like a fly on the wall okay. um, and they're just listening. Yeah. Um, and I get emails all the time from people who watch the replays and they're like, thank you so much. I can't make the meetings, but I watch the replays and this is totally changing my life. Mm. Um, just because we're having an open, honest conversation. We're not having like a, you know, uh, like a polished, you know, mm -hmm. video 
this is just raw. Like we don't script anything. We literally just hit record and talk Mm -hmm. about, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly of carnivore. Oh, that's nice. That is, that's a good thing. It's, it's so important to have groups like that in the world because people need it, especially during the pandemic. I'm sure so many people were just, just yearning for that connection. And then especially something that can be kind of on the fringe like this. And I have not met anybody in the wild yet Yeah, that eats the way I do. So so that's well, great. And there's scientific studies that show like, um, I, you know, I got the book, um, process food addiction by Joan Ifland and she yes. talks about, um, our mirror neurons. And mm-hmm. that's why this is so difficult because our mirror neurons are wanting to be like everybody else that we see in our environment. Mm-hmm. So if everybody else we see in our environment is eating cookies and ice cream and pizza, that's what we feel like we need to do. But whenever you can go to a group like this, even though it's on zoom, it still affects your mirror neurons. And you can say, Mm -hmm. this is my tribe. This is what we do. This is what we eat. Um, And so you could identify and you can anchor into that instead Mm -hmm. of anchoring into what you're seeing in your environment. Um, because those are the people that unfortunately are, you know, have diabetes and, you know, high blood pressure and obesity and they're dying. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, you're, you're definitely, definitely doing something good there with that, that support group. And I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to step in one of these Saturdays and, and, uh, and, and participate. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Come share your story. I would love it. All right. Well, Emily, this has been an absolutely beautiful meeting. I'm so happy to hear your story and the happy ending. The last thing I wanted to ask you is what advice would you have for someone um, thinking about carnivore or just starting out or someone that's just finding out that they have bipolar disorder or um, MS start where you're at, start where you're at, start small. It's important to operate in success. So if you set your goal all the way up here and you're right here and you just keep jumping every day and you keep failing every day, Mm. you're reinforcing that you're a failure. Mm. If you lower that standard And you know that you're going there, you know, that that's your goal. And you're not saying that's not your goal, but that you lower that goal so that you can jump, so that you can get there. And then you can push the bar the next day or the next week or the next month, Mm -hmm. start where you're at so that you can operate in success and you can retrain your brain to know how powerful you are. You are not a failure and you are not broken. You just need to operate in success and to keep Mm -hmm. those goals attainable and then push it up. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's good. That is a good piece of advice. (laughs) Absolutely. Wow. Well, Emily, you have a great rest of your day. Um, 
And like I said, this was so nice. And I hope, I hope I can make it to one of those food support groups. I'm putting that on my list and I'm going to do it. <laughs> yes. They're every Saturday at 11 AM central standard time. And okay. you are welcome anytime. And Alyssa, I just want to thank you so much for having this heart and this passion to have these interviews and to start this YouTube channel. Um, I am so excited to watch you grow. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That, that fills me with so much joy. <laughs> Good. Oh, all right. Well, I will see you around Instagram and for the food support groups. Will that be something that I'm attending on YouTube or is there a separate? Yes. Um, um the best way to get, um, the link for that is to go to my Instagram it's at okay. carnivore minds. And in my links in my bio, there's a list and it says Saturday food support group, and it's an easy button. So you literally just click on that. And at the bottom of it, it has a button that you can push and it instantly puts you into the zoom meeting. Perfect. All right. Perfect. So I know there's going to be someone listening to this and they're like, how do I get to that meeting? <laughs> yeah, go to my, go to my links in my bio on Instagram. That's the best way to find it. Um, and you can watch the replays on YouTube at center of brilliance on YouTube. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, take care. Thank you again for meeting with me and, um, and yeah, have a, have a great rest of your day. Okay. You too. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much. Alyssa. That's it for today. Until next time, stay meaty, stay strong and stay inspired. Do you have a carnivore story to tell? Connect with me on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. And I will add you to the list. I would love to interview you. And the world needs to know that meat heals.